21st of March. Let's see. 21. März. Read the previous entries. On 11th of March, I noted, all our antiques must be current. When Hannibal's elephant saddles or the Napoleon costumes get too old, they are thrown away. Not quite satisfactory. True. In the costume palace, new old things are made. And for this, there is a whole army of employees who are called creators. They are like gods, but their power comes from electricity. And so, these employees, these, these, Vulcans with electric hammers, these Penelopes with sewing machines, continuously churn out more splendid and ever more antique textiles and swords. Their work fends off the West's decline. It ensures that its heritage survives and even swells. What more could one want? There's something I had not yet considered. Every brand new item is also made to look worn out, else it would appear inauthentic and unconvincing. Of course, no suit of armor, helmet or crown is made to look brand new. They are already given cracks, frayed edges and their used feel at production. As the months and years pass, wear begins to look shabby too, if not to say worn. No surprise then that specialist workers are retained here who have the sole task of maintaining the required used feel. They continually ensure that the wear that would already be worn off tomorrow looks nice and fresh. All this activity happens in a separate room, not quite as large as the knight's hall. Those who work in it, they call it the conservation room. I call it makeup room, a schminkraum for things, where makeup is not applied to beautify, but to make objects look nice and old. Those who work in there are listed as conservators. So, it's easy to understand their pride, as if the peculiar things they do in there are the same as restoring Correggio's or renewing faded Gobelin tapestry. What troglodytes! Conservation work requires true expertise and skill. But to be a specialist here, no prior training is required. And there's another reason why the name Conservation Room is misleading. True conservators save damaged antiques. Ours are busy saving the damage. Anyhow, the first time I stepped into the conservation room, this is what I saw. In the corner by the door, a row of women fully absorbed by their work. Perfectly educated for unskilled work, they were renewing faded bloodstains on antique garments. I'm told there are former Bauhaus students among them. What a sham. Their hands, eyes, faces, bodies revealed a fanatic dedication that seemed absurdly inappropriate to their task. When they finished with the blood, they stacked the pieces neatly, as if they were freshly ironed shirts.
On the other side of the room, five older gentlemen were reviving artificial verdigris on Etruscan shields and on armor that had become a bit too battered. Though he is the youngest, that small artist colony was led by the Berliner R. Just five years ago, he was a promising student of Kokoschka. Incidentally, I had a passing acquaintance with R's ailing mother in the 1920s in Berlin, a much more commendable person than her son. It almost makes me sick to think how she suffered to give her only child the chance to be a Rembrandt. She had conceived him during the First World War, but was a widow by the time he was born, and even when suffering from tuberculosis, she kept working to support him. Yes, they predicted him to have a great future as an artist. And here it is, greatness. Her sacrifices gave her darling the opportunity to be a foreman in God's own country and oversee the renewal of Roman bloodstains and chipped verdigris. So much for the meaning of life. What an idiotic phrase. And yet, it once was our profound answer to everything. I hereby swear that it shall now only pass my lips under duress. Still, Ars verdigree job is not entirely without glory. His work supposedly does require special skill. In short, R is part of the palace elite, or at least he belongs to the elite amongst the employees, and his special abilities earn him considerably more than my cleaning job, a job I do already master perfectly, even though I can build on no prior knowledge. And, at every possible occasion, he lets his status show. This became evident this afternoon, when I strayed into the vicinity of his exclusive crew. I was struggling with my assorted cleaning equipment and fighting with the metal snake of my vacuum cleaner. He glared at me, and his look gave me to understand that he didn't know me and did not wish to be recognized. Clearly, the poor fellow was mortified that he might have to admit an association with someone like me in front of his subordinates. I felt no desire to add insult to injury. The gap between who he now is and who he once wanted to become seemed like punishment enough. So I granted him the favor and played the total stranger, even though I was now practically cleaning beneath his feet. These are the joys and woes of this place here, while over there, at every moment, hundreds of thousands are slaughtering one another. <laughs>